I just want to fiddle around and help me. So it was, it was he that composed this tune after having a long sleep at the seashore, sitting on a wee rock beside, beside the sea. And you see, the, uh, the sea rolled out and in, you see, the waves rolled out and in, it gave him the impression. He was listening to the whole thing in his sleep, you see, and it gave him the impression of this tune. And here it goes now. Well, that, that was about when you're driving into Glen Column Kill and you come through that gap in the road where the first time you see is the tower up on the top of the hill and uh, I've always likened it to getting a slap of a wave across the chest when you go into the sea it's just a, it's almost like a shock and it happens every time I come into Glen Column Kill the, I just find it so beautiful it's a gorgeous place where we are here at the moment overlooking the Glen it's kind of it would be the the start I suppose of the Glen Road to Carrick, the geographical Glen Road to Carrick, and uh, it's the start of where I it would be this my start in terms of my coming to Glen Column Kill because I can see down below here I can see Mrs Burns' guest house where we stayed where my family stayed in 1973 I think it was, and uh, it would have been I think that was the first time we had been to Glen and stayed in Glen Column Kill, and that was the start of it. <laughs> the love affair, if you want to call it, with the Glen and with this area of County Donegal, because um, it was a great holiday. They, we toured around the whole area, saw all the sites, all the really beautiful parts, and also then at night we went into Carrick over the, the Glen Road and we heard John Doherty playing uh, in the cellar bar in Glen Col- in Carrick. And, and that was that. I was, after that, I was hooked. To the left, where we're standing, you can see down to the beach. Yesterday, the, the rollers, the waves were coming in like something out of Hawaii 5 They were bashing against the rocks. It's a, a little bit more sedate today, but still fairly powerful. And then if you look over to the the east or the northeast of where we are, you can see all the mountains stretching off up into County Donegal. And it is, it's, a, it's one of those places. It's, it, I've been to Kerry, I've been to 
Cork and you see all the beautiful places there and they are spectacularly beautiful but this is as good as anything you're going to see in any part of the country I think it's as, it's as beautiful as any part and uh, it, it takes a hold on you From I remember the, the Friday night of the holiday we were up here we went into what's down below us there Hollowira um, Father McDyer at the time had a, a Friday evening Cayley I think the Cayley band was if I remember right 9 or 11 fiddle players and that was it just a, a row of fiddle players playing for the dances and uh, I'd never seen a, a Cayley band of just 9 fiddlers and nothing else uh, I've seen I've got more used to that now in more recent times where when we come up here or over to around here or over towards um, the Crows over with the, the Campbells over there where up on stage you'll have 9, 10, 11 fiddle players playing for the dances at night and it's, it's, I think it's unique to this place where you just get fiddle players and it's great fun and tell me about the Glen Road to Carrick Glen Road to Carrick the tune or the road? Uh, both <laughs> well the road is uh, 6 miles what 10 kilometres long it's over the mountains um, and it links it, there are no houses along it at all apart from the remains of one house down off the road which is belonged to um, a well known fiddle player from the area going back about 100 years or maybe a little less than 100 years ago uh, John Mosey McGinley and he's one of the people who's credited with um, writing the tune, the Glen Road to Carrick Art. He wrote a few other tunes as well, or he's reputed to have written a few other tunes as well. Um, but then another fiddle player from over in Kilcar, which would be the far side of Carrick, uh, by the name of Francie Jarrig O'Byrne, um, he is reputed to have put the last part onto the Glen Road to Carrick or He called it On the Road. Um, it's sometimes called On the Road from Carrick to Glen or On the Road from Glen to Carrick so there's, there's many different stories about the tune and there are different versions of it um, He played the version that's played mostly now would be the one that's more associated with Francie Jarrick whereas um, John Doherty the great fiddle player had another version of it again um, I think they are all versions will eventually go back to a tune called the Chorus Reel which is a Scottish reel but it has been a adapted and as I would say improved by its uh, contact with fiddle players in, the, in this part of the country especially and it's a it's a great tune <laughs> it's a, a kind of an, an iconic tune in a sense that an awful lot of people when you play that tune they say ah Donegal fiddle playing it, it seems to be the one that, that most represents Donegal fiddle playing to a lot of people um He was well sheltered down here just the same, wasn't he? Well built town. The mountains and the lake. These are the ruins of John Mosey McGinley's house. From what I gather, he was um, a trader. So he travelled a lot around the country, uh, including uh, he was known to have a white horse. And he did uh, all his businesses from that, you know. So he would have been, he probably would have spent a lot of time away from here as well. But the, the tune, the Glen Road, I mean, we're just down from the Glen Road here. And he's one of the people that it's associated with. I have seen that he, he's credited some places as the composer of the tune or the person who adapted it from the, the chorus reel. But um, I was talking to Mick Brown about this the other day, and we agreed that. It, 
Francis Jarrick would probably have a very strong claim on it because he was known to have composed some very very good tunes um, the launching of the boat being one of them that I particularly like as well so um, and it was in his version of it that the last part goes in and that, that's, I think that's what marks out the tune as a, a special tune to me that's what marks it out as a special tune is that the, the extra last part that's put onto it so I would uh, I would give strong uh, credence if you like to the to, to Francis or Francis the story that Francie composed it all right or worked on it so um, we play the tune yeah why not if the rain holds off <laughs> check it out for the facts the house markings are here as well yeah and uh, a trailer and two tractor tyres This is the way I play it now, myself. Everything has changed, but it's all changed yeah, around. Yeah. Yeah. 
This is Kitty Shan. She's 87 years old and says that she's as old as the mist. Kitty's a singer, and though she never learned to play instrumental music, she remembered loads of tunes, and through her lilting of them, she has kept them alive, uh, many tunes that would have passed away long ago. I was telling you last night, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out as much for myself as for anything else. Why I came up here, or what kept me coming back to this place, here and Glen Conan Gill, mm. and the music, the people we met. Yeah. I mean, the, there's scenery all over the place, but yeah. there's scenery in every part of the country. That's I not, that's know. Not, that's not the reason you go. There's places in Ireland too that I even watched them. I know, but it wouldn't be enough to bring you back again and again, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Not do for you, me, yeah. anyway. Not for me. But I, I'm, I don't know. We got to like you people when you were coming. When the first festival started. From 1980 onwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was Tommy, the, Tommy yet did ten of them. He did, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was telling him that... And he always got the good music. The first time I heard about... That's him, not faulting the others, you know. Of course, yeah. Everybody had to learn, you're not going to be good. In the beginning, at anything, it doesn't matter what it is. That's true. Yeah, I'm sure those yeah. people that were sitting around before you and sat down at that table, somebody said they were German. I'm sure they thought we were crazy. Me special. <laughs> you can't be too well, sensible. Well, <laughs> I don't mind. No, it's not that. No. But I enjoy the music so much yeah. that I think everybody else should feel the same about it. I know, yeah. But you see, we know it. You understand it. I understand it. But they liked it too. I do. Yeah. It's different ways yeah. of liking things, I suppose. Uh, yeah. What was that saying again? Ish modern with Canberger. Canberger. Ni is a hell of a lot. That's a rod. Oh, yeah. Or a branch of a tree. Agus Ni Hannan Nadur the hell of work. Every two sons weren't of the same nature. There you go. <laughs> I was telling Peter about we were down in um, the Sleeve League, and John Maloney's as it was. Aye. There, um, I was telling about Con catching me by the sleeve one day at 12 mm. o'clock in the day and taking me into the. Into the the back room and mm. there I said we're going to play a few tunes now mm. and he said he only had the nine tunes do you remember he used to say that Corn. yeah yeah do you ever hear tell that story about how he started first no was it with the tongs he said some that's right he put one yeah. tongue up yeah. to his chin yeah. and the other yeah practicing mm. with the tongs mm. yeah. <laughs> he said he had nine tunes and then he's played from twelve o'clock on the day to about half one in the morning yeah and he didn't play the same tunes twice. No, <laughs> I did. He had plenty of tunes. Loads of tunes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I learned. I learned an awful lot of tunes from Con. From coming up those uh, weekends. Con, Con had the old tunes that was going in his yeah. time. Then you see, you had people coming from Clare and from Dublin and everywhere, yeah. like they are now. I know what yeah, you mean, yeah, yeah. They kind of stuck to the old tunes less. The like of John Doherty would have maybe a few from Scotland or something. Or from other parts, don't Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And the the home place in Crokland, mm-hmm. this is the first house in Crokland, like, there are not many houses altogether now, but mm-hmm. anyway, I hear it's for sale. Is it? Sad to think it's going to be sold. Yeah. But that can happen. There are three girls in the family. Right. Yeah, but Katie's in Crove and the other two, one is in Scotland, the other's in England. I see. Yeah, they'll hardly come to live in it. No. Yeah. Shall When I heard him playing, and a lot of the other people, the likes of mm. Francie Jarrick again, was another mm. man I heard playing, they played using the whole fiddle. 
Aye. and lots of both but it was an eye opener and really mm. attracted me to come back again yeah. and again to, to hear more and more and more yeah, <laughs> sure yeah and then the people oh, the, the people, atmosphere was great it was great yeah yeah I could laugh even yet that's right yeah. we had fun yeah oh, there was great atmosphere oh, it in that was house. great great joking yeah. And, and yeah everything has changed for it's all changed yeah, yeah. changed for the worse Look at all the years John Simon was up on the Golden Gate. Oh. Four years. Clean That's where I heard non-stop. him. Non-stop. That's where I heard him yeah, in 1973. Yeah. yeah. It was only 12 yeah. or something at the time. He and Frank Casty were booked to play at my sister's wedding, Nora. Yeah. It was nice. That'd be something yeah. else. Oh, God. <laughs> so, Shinanisha. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Bobo. That's it. That's it. That's my grass, my grammar, not be numtiske, nahar and plur, one and yoga, nakin ye galler, warren viller, marbies, my grass, Okay, this is the, the cellar bar, or it was called the Golden Gate as well. And this is the place we came to from Glen Column Kill with my mother. <clears throat> Two nights during that week in 1973, because John Doherty was living here at the time, and he was playing downstairs in the in the cellar bar. And uh, great Donegal music. I remember one night during one of the Carricks, one of the flas in the, the Carry Fla, my brother Tom <clears throat> was on his honeymoon. And he's travelling around the country and he arrived here during the FLA and we played a session downstairs. Um load of people there listening, the place was packed. And at the end of the night then, Columbo Ward, who was a lovely fiddle player from this area, borrowed my fiddle to play a tune. And Tom couldn't believe that there were so many people standing around that could have taken that fiddle and played the played a tune as well, and played it as well as anybody that was sitting down, but they were more interested in listening to the tunes being played at the time. Well, I looked around and I realised that there were about a half a dozen more, at least, who could have done the same, taken up a fiddle. If you played a tune, they'd ask you for a different version of it, or they'd check out if you knew a particular version of, of the tune and maybe take the fiddle off you and show you where you where they not where you'd gone wrong, but where they had a different way of doing it. And it was a it was great to play in a place where so many people understood and appreciated the music, and that was a great thing at the time to to come up here and. To, to realise there were an awful lot of people that shared the same interest in the same type of music. The front bar, again John Maloney's in the Schlieve League, was a very, very tight little narrow place. It was comfortable if there was about five or six people having a drink, but I'd say there must have been about 30 people crammed into the front bar because um, the Campbells had arrived down from Glenties, a good big squad of Campbells and a few more people with them. And they're all big men as well, so <laughs> they don't mind me saying that. 
but the place was packed and I remember Dermot McLaughlin was there and oh, I forget there were a load more other people Rab Cherry from Belfast was there and a few more and one fiddle was taken out and I think Vincent played a tune on it and then he passed it on to Dermot McLaughlin I was passing over heads because there wasn't room for, for it to be passed from hand to hand and so Dermot would play a tune and then he'd pass it on and I'd play a tune and we stood there for about three hours passing fiddles overhead and playing tunes and one fiddle so you got to hear everybody and got to hear what they were doing and maybe again somebody would ask you to play a tune or they'd ask you for a tune they'd heard you playing before and they wanted to hear it again and uh, it was that was a new thing for me at the time but actually over the last good many years from coming up here it, it's not that uncommon for one fiddle to be taken out and handed around and everybody gets to play and if you've only the one tune you play the one tune or it goes on from there and it's, you didn't see much of the day after that um, <clears throat> in the repertoire again one of the things my grandfather Jim McBride had always said when you're playing the fiddle there's four strings on it so you use them all <laughs> you don't just use the D A and E when um, I heard players now this is only something that I saw and you'd be trying to find little ways into the music that weren't obvious to you but um, in phrases of tunes where a common enough tune where again Con Cassidy his version of Drowsy Maggie um, which had a, a great second part to it where in other parts the, the version down the country will be Will you do that and then go straight to Conicat? Okay oh, The two drowsy maggies that would show two ways the first version I had learned many many years before I came up here and then I heard Con playing and uh, I've always stuck with that as one of the tunes that whenever I'm teaching in a class I always teach that tune to make sure that because it's well worth learning on the fiddle it gets passed on as well oh yeah very much so and would you when you were teaching would you always say you've got that version of Con Cassidy's version oh yeah if you if I can remember who I got a tune from at all if you learn a tune in the middle of a session and it's just one that's been there all the time you can't say that but if you know that you got a tune from so and so from a particular person then definitely it's that's part of the, the passing on you have to mention it because they don't just fall out of the air um, and I don't get many tunes if any tunes out of books um, not that I can't read I can read music but I've never set out to learn tunes out of books and it's just I prefer I think they stick into my head better if I hear them from a person or if I learn them in person from somebody it wasn't just lashing out a gang of notes which he could do well but it was also putting the tune into a context where it had come from where he'd learned it and 
you see that in some players today that are very very good at, a, at telling the story of a tune I'm not terribly good at it myself I tend to let my fingers do all the, the talking but um, playing the tunes out but there are some people who are very very good with continuing the story of the tune that the tune isn't just didn't just fall out of the sky that it was handed on from somebody to somebody else and that there was a story behind it because um, it was mentioned today as well about how the names of tunes are being lost and I'm as guilty as anybody of that because I learnt an awful lot of tunes in sessions if I remember to ask for the name of the tune which is not all that often within two minutes it's gone again now I've been trying lately to raise the number of names I have but I think it, actually part of remembering the names would be to remember who you learnt it from and that will put context onto it and you can think about where it came from and how you got it um, that's also how they get called after people you get a lot of that if the name isn't known or if it's forgotten then if it's associated with some somebody then for instance Con Cassidy's Jake I don't think he composed that but it just came to be known as Con Cassidy's Jake the previous name if it's remembered it's not as important as the context from where it came uh, or we were talking today to Kitty Shan and there's a Kitty Shan's barn dance which because she remembered it and it's associated with her that's the name that has stuck with it and it's, it's a nice tune We're in the house of Ronan Galvin in Broca and are joined by Mick Brown, who's come in from Teelan. Both are from Dublin, but have moved into the area, drawn initially by their love of the music of Carrick and of the areas around. I started coming up here on family holidays and things like that from 1970, the mid-70s onwards up on through the 80s. And I, was, I think I was taken by the sense of space coming from suburbia in Dublin and also the accent of the local people, the special accent that they had. And I think when I started playing the the music, it just kind of cemented my relationship with the, with the area. Play the whole locality. Yeah. yeah. But with, with the Irish language and the music were all kind of intermixed in my mind. 
as you were saying, like it was very much alive at that time. Um, if myself and Mick went into a pub and started to play into the early nineties, uh, the early nineteen nineties, very often there would be six or seven men at the bar, and they would turn around when you started, and they would, they might give out about you, or they might ask you to play another tune or tell you were playing out a tune, but they they had opinions about it, and uh, some of them would have played as well at one stage. They, they they were just in touch with the music and meeting Mick then in 1988 and the two of us meeting uh, James Byrne at the same time. Right. I think we were lucky that we, we came here at, at that time. At the time. Because uh, if somebody was to come here now, I don't think they, would, they could possibly have the same experiences, you know. No. Um, like there were, there were a lot of musicians around the place really. There were a lot of has to be said older yeah. fiddle players and accordion players and uh, people who could sing a song uh, local songs and so on at that time there were you know there were still people left um, you know James Bourne would be an, an anomaly really in his generation he's the only mm. person of his generation really that plays to that extent there would be one or two others you know Father Malloy in the and then Michael Carr, who's no longer with us, um, you know. But only for James Bourne, I think we would never really have, mm. have, have got onto it. Or, or I think the music here would be, would be. I think James Bourne kept a lot of those old, older fellas going, mm. as their own community mm. moved away from the music right. and left it behind them. Mm. You know, it's no longer the music of of the local people mm. here. Really, it has to be said. It's. Uh, not the preferred music of of, of the locality. Um, I think it's a great pity, you know, it was generated in this area. Um, all the stories and history that went with it, and uh, really now it's been played in, in. I suppose it's true traditional music in general, but now it's more likely to be played in the local tunes from here are more likely to be played in towns and cities somewhere else, or maybe even other countries. And that's a great thing. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. But I think it's just sad that the connection. Uh, between the local music here and the locality is, has been so weakened uh, and you know I, I don't think anybody can do much about that I, I don't think my presence here for example helps that at all So you've got the younger generation and the older generation in between locally it's only really James James Bourne but uh, at least there's a link being made yeah. there which is important you know and uh, there's a few other people like Aidan O'Donnell, um, Gallagher's Kilcarra, Stephen Gallagher, and Noreen Lyons, mm-hmm. Ireland Breffney, O'Donnell, yeah. people like that. Francis you know. John, Francis John, John, John Bourne. The more I think of it, it's not that bad. <laughs> no, but they're 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 all. I, I would, you know, they might disagree with me, but my view would be that they're to some degree isolated within their own generation their musical outlet is usually dependent on contact with us oh. or I think we said if it's going to survive it probably has to go back to the houses and maybe that's happening elsewhere in the country too mm-hmm. but the pub from outside of the time when tourists come to this area um, there's hardly a session between Donegal Town Glencoe Kill and Glenties there's mm-hmm. one or two nights there but when the tourists come then, the bookings start coming in for us, for, 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 for pubs and so on. And, you know, uh, 
like the other night in Biddy's, I was explaining to an English woman sitting beside me, she was very interested in the music and all that, but she was quite disappointed to, when I pointed out that of the all the people in yeah. the lounge listened to us, mm-hmm. uh, that there was only two or three locals, Kitty Shannon and a few more, and mm-hmm. that everybody else was a visitor. She she thought that, you know, there would have been a, yeah, a healthy mix of local and, and, mm-hmm. and visitor. And mm-hmm. uh, the music was only very popular here when it served the dance. You know, so it had a social function and the, the really it was popular, I suppose, and then you had other kinds of music coming in, the uh, fox trots and quick steps. And I mean, they would have started coming in here after the First World War and that would might be the time to say, mark the beginning of the end. Con Cassidy would have said that, that the traditional started to die out after the First World War. Um, and say for example in a place like Teal which has such a, an incredible history of you know uh, great, great singers and musicians lilters storytellers and Shanachies and so on um, the last fiddle player from Teal born and reared the last musician I should say because there was also you know Malosian players and uh, other instruments but um, the last musician to be born and reared in Teal and really stick with it, especially on the fiddle, because it was mainly a fiddle tradition, apart from Thomas Cunningham, banjo player. Um, the last person was really Con Cassidy. He was born in 1909. So there wasn't many people born through the 20s, 30s, 40s who would have picked up the instrument. And the, the show band thing came in in the 50s, the rock and roll and all that. And, uh, you know, people want a different kind of music to dance to. I mean, James Bourne has interesting... Memories when he was a young young lad, he remembers uh, that sort of junction between the two types of music. Uh, there was a, a, he would be at the dances with his father, and some of the older guys get up on the stage at the beginning of the dance and play Highlands and barn dances and polkas and things, and the old timers would get out and dance that. But most of the crowd was there for what what followed, and after maybe a half hour. Of indulging the old, uh, the old music and the old musicians, they'd be kind of swept aside, and a few other musicians would get up on the stage. People who would have also been traditional musicians as such, but they would have learnt these new tunes. These were so-called jazz tunes, and then the dance would really take off. So that that, that change was, I think so, yeah. Story all the way through the country. It wasn't just unique to this part of the country. I think maybe in other parts of the country, somehow they managed to almost revive. Uh, uh, reconstruct the traditional music yeah. along modern lines for modern listening audience whereas I don't think that happened here in some ways that's why it's more distinct or more distinctive because yeah. I think it's kind of unreconstructed the music mm-hmm. here it still very much harks back mm-hmm. to the sounds the house dance I mean the accent of the fiddle here the, the, the intonation even uh, it's not something that's been influenced by uh, by listening to a great extent, a lot of the old traditional fiddle players, you know, that wasn't their their values were, were more than just listening. It had to do with timing and rhythm and things that served the dance. But um, I'm not sure if you can you call it traditional music anymore. Like, is it what is you know what is traditional music? I think there there were so many musicians in this area, and uh, I've done research on about ten townlands in Glencullum Kill, and out of that ten townlands, at one time there were sixty musicians on average if that works out for Glencoe and Kill there could be anything up to 250 or 300 in one parish 
and and what led to that strength was you know it, it appears to have something to do with the way of life yeah. that people led at the time and that that's that's really traditional traditional music when you talk to somebody now from here there isn't a great value put on that strength of tradition that that there was anything up to 250 musicians or 300 in this area because it was so traditional and it was such a part of the way of life of everyday life how people lived here and um, you hear people say oh there was a fiddle there was a fiddle in every house or there were uh, somebody said to me this morning there were Princess Car out in Kilcar I was getting petrol and he said there were three or four fiddlers in every house now that's an exaggeration yeah. in, in, but it was steeped completely in the tradition in the traditional music and that disappeared very very quickly um, from it, it reached a height perhaps in, during the second world war when listenership there was no the support that musicians would have were in their own communities gone never mind the actual mm. musicians themselves yeah. apart from a few people like Kitty there's very few there's only a handful of people now in the two parishes mm. Kilcar and Glencoe and Kill who would, mm. who would actually recognise that a tune that was played as being from their area mm. and, you know, there's really very few that would have that kind of in-depth knowledge of the tradition in terms of where the tune came from, or you know, especially the old dance stuff. I mean, you know, people, a lot of people recognise kind of pictures snuff for tunes like that. But I mean, the old Highlands and barn dances and polkas and so on, marches. You know, very little knowledge left in the area of that. So that, and, and I mean, there's a parallel with this with the Irish language, yeah. with Irish uh, language singing place names and everything with knowledge of the locality and there's reasons for it it's not that anybody's criticising it's just the way life moves on and changes conditions and and you know it it, 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 I mean it it was always in a state of motion it never stood still we we don't we wouldn't want it to stand still no you can't it stops being the great thing that 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 it is once that happens been studying classical music from the age of about seven or eight on the violin uh, including going to the College of Music in Dublin and I had 
at that stage I got up to about grade five, but my heart wasn't in it at all. I I was hardly practicing the fiddle at all. I was doing very little music. I was learning the tin whistle separately and doing traditional music on that. But um, the week that we spent up in Glencolum Kill and listening to Johnny Doherty over in in Carrick in the cellar bar in Carrick, and also hearing the all those fiddle players lined up on stage in um, in Hollowira for the Cayley in Glencolum Kill itself. Uh, my mother could see that there was a kind of a, a bit more interest coming into me towards that type of music. So when we're driving out of Carrick, having left Glencolum Kill and Carrick behind us, and we're heading towards Kitty Bags. Um, she turned around in the car and said to me you're not going back to the college anymore are you and I said no no I wouldn't have any interest in that but um, she says okay well if I get you another teacher will you go to that or you do traditional music and I said yeah do that but there's always good times to be had there are always places to go there's always places to go and people to meet and tunes to be played <laughs> 